Hey there, and welcome to Involvement Interrupted, conversations with friends of the student involvement team at Duke University about the connections and meaning found in and through life's interruptions. Welcome to anyone who's joining us on this fourth episode of Involvement Interrupted. We are so grateful to have you with us today. Um, For all of our listeners, we have an amazing guest with us today um, who I will allow um, to introduce herself in just a moment, but just wanted to say we're thankful for your listenership. We, Keith and I, have enjoyed every, um, like, I don't know, Keith, if you want to weigh in on this. I'm just saying that this has been continually the best part of, like, some of these weeks for me and that we are so excited to be here with you today. Keith, anything to add before we get started? Yeah, um... Thanks again for everybody continuing to be here. I'm so excited for today. I, like Sarah said, and has said multiple times now, this continues to be the best part of my week, the best part of my day when it's on my calendar. I usually look forward to it and dress a little snazzier for it just because it makes me feel like I'm really ready for it. Um, and it's tough because, you know, right now we're going through, I think, even more challenges and trials and tribulations than we were a month ago um and, and times are are tough so i am always looking forward to this and um it's also awkward because now i'll even go back and listen to these podcast episodes by myself when i'm just running or something because i'm like yes this puts me in a good mood this relaxes me i want to hear these voices so i can't wait to add this one to the list it's going to be a good one thank you and hunter we are so excited to be with you this morning um, I wonder if you just would want to introduce yourself. Um, we've been asking folks for like, what have we said? Your name, your pronouns, if you want, and then just a little bit about who you are and maybe even like how it is that we are getting to connect with you. So like where you work or anything that you would want. Yeah. Hello, friends, fam. Um, my name is Hunter Roberts. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am the student development coordinator at the Center for Sexual and Gender Diversity here at Duke. Um, So I have the privilege of being an SDC among these two amazing individuals. Um, Keith, welcome to the fam. We're a rowdy bunch. (laughs) SDC gang, we're we're fun. Um, But just having time to connect with Sarah over the the past few months of both of us, like being in our first year, it's been really awesome and you're a light and you're enlightening and you're amazing and sweet and kind. And Keith, I'm excited to get to know you this year. I'm excited to, to spend time and well, social distant time. Um, but to just to get to know you as a, as a person, um, beyond a colleague. So I'm happy to be here. I am a willing vessel. I'm here to answer questions, be open, be honest about my experiences. And yeah, thank y'all for having me. Um, <laughs> both of us. I wish y'all could see our faces right now. Um, like I'm just smiling. It feels like such a gift, um, specifically under everything you were saying. I think both of us really wanted to invite you just because we do see you as being, um, just a, like a completely radiant light and someone who I know that like, my perception of you is that you're very oriented towards especially students and students' well-being. And that's something that I think we're hoping to learn from folks who we see doing that really well. And so we're just excited to get to hear more about your story, more about whatever you are going to share with us. Um, but we, I don't know, it's, it's a gift. Keith, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I'm smiling from ear to ear. So excuse me. Um, I, yes, the first time I met you, Hunter, I was just like, I, I want to be her best friend. <laughs> I can't say that now because that's awkward and uncomfortable because she doesn't really know me at all. Um, but it was like my, my destiny and it's now my, my dream in life to make that a reality. Um, so I, I have a question and it's a random question. And if you've listened to any of our episodes so far, you know that I'm going to throw in some random questions. Um, but my random question is if you could live the rest of your life in only one season, 
what season would you choose and why? Mm. And that doesn't mean like your, your life is going to be over in three months. As in like, if the rest of your life was just one season, what would be the season? Oh, that's, that's an easy choice for me. It'd have to be fall. I love fall weather. I love fall fashion, like pulling the boots out, wearing, you know, the skirts with the boots, with the scarf, with the, you know, hair out, leaves falling behind you, like beautiful backdrops. Everything about fall is awesome. Thanksgiving, I'm a Thanksgiving baby, so I thrive during Thanksgiving. So, so yeah, easy, easy peasy answer right there. Boom. I love that as you're also wearing the flannel and already getting all <laughs> vibes because I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you know, you know all state of mind, 24, seven, three, six, five. I have to admit that I'm also, I mean, I, my favorite season is spring. I'll, I'll say that, but my favorite holiday is Halloween. So like anytime somebody brings up fall, I'm like, yes, Halloween <laughs> is coming up. And then you get like the pumpkin pecan waffle candles from like Bath and Body Works and you bring yes. up the basic side of yourself. Oh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing time. What about you, Sarah? What would be yours? I'm, I'm curious now. Okay, I was trying to think about it when you asked and I was on the fence between spring and fall. But Hunter, I think you just convinced me. I think I, I have to say fall at this point. I think it was the backdrops idea of like, imagining maybe it's just it's really hot in North Carolina right now and I'm kind of over that and I'm like oh my gosh how amazing would it be if the air felt like crisp sounds so nice right now (laughs) Keith you said spring so you just said yeah I actually explicitly told one of my friends this other day I was like I I love spring because I love when the trees start to get green again because you know like during the winter it's so ugly like everything is just like, so i love when the trees start to get green again and then you could put your your like the first day when you could put your feet in like the grass and it's just cool but it's like starting to grow and it feels fresh again love that feeling um but yeah fall or spring i guess life or death is great but you know, <laughs> winter or summer it's like nope hard pass Totally. I do. I have a strong feeling about y'all know, like first, like the color green when things are first budding, how it's like a really bright green. I will cry every year, every single year when I see that color for the first time, I, there will be like one very tender moment where tears fall down my face (laughs) and then I'll like get it together and, you know, be able to deal with my feelings for the rest of the spring, but just one time. That was a good question, Keith. That was a fun a fun one for all of us. Um, Hunter, I would love to hear more. So the, the premise of the podcast is about like involvement interrupted. So all of the, the spaces and the things that we find ourselves involved in, in like a day-to-day basis, but then also asking questions around like um, what happens when those, those spaces or um, dreams or goals are disrupted or shifted, but the starting place is to get to hear a little bit more about you and just the ways that you find yourself involved. And I know I would love to hear more about just your story of your involvement at Duke, but also if there are spaces, um, like definitely your role, I would love to hear about, but also, um, if there are spaces that you're involved in outside of just your, um, like your SDC role, we'd love to hear that. Maybe just a general, like, where are you finding yourself involved in these days? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to situate myself and decide where to start. Um, So coming to Duke, um, I just finished school. Uh, I got my master's and I was working as the graduate assistant for an LGBTQ center. So my passion for social justice and more so even beyond that, um, like just radical love started for me in undergrad. And then um, I really, really, really needed a job for grad school and um, a benefit for me, but, you know, a negative in terms of the world. But no one was really applying for the job at the LGBTQ Center. And so I was like. I'm gonna do it. Like, like, what do you mean? I I love people. I have this radical love. Definitely. I promote radical self-love. So, um, got the job. I was there for two years as I got my master's, loved it, 
decided I wanted to do it for the rest of my life, applied for this job at Duke, got the job at Duke. Um, and I was honestly a little nervous because for me, I have always seen LGBTQ centers run by LGBTQ people. And so I didn't really know where I was going to fit in there as an ally. Um, but I was welcomed with open arms for my graduate assistantship. And then I was also welcomed with open arms here. Cause I think the, the last part of my interview process here, I, I told the team like, Hey, just want you to know that I am an ally. Um, but I, I'm an ally with, from the verb tense, not from the noun tense. Like, you know, I don't just wear the ally badge or put up the ally flag and say, Oh yeah, I'm an ally, yeah. Um, I live it. And, and I, I try to embody that as, as much as I can. So I hit my first year on June 17th. So I'm now in year two of a big girl job, which is super duper exciting. Um, but my involvement, ooh, working, working with students, and I know y'all can um, definitely relate, working with students is a handful. Um, they, they are fun and it's so awesome, especially being a younger um, professional and like new in the field, I really still relate to them a lot because I'm not too far removed from being a student. So I, I have the privilege of really helping them figure themselves out and venture and navigate their identities, which is beautiful because I didn't really have someone who helped me with that. I kind of had to test waters and figure things out as I went. And I always wished that I'd had someone at least relatively around my age and relatively in the atmospheres and the communities that I was a part of who was kind of holding my hand and, and leading the way and showing me the vast world that is out there. Um, so my, my primary involvement is just being that for students. Um, I had a meeting with a student last week and they were super nervous to meet with me, but they said, yeah, such and such referred you. And they said, you're super chill. And they said that you could help me like figure myself out. So I just wanted to reach out to you. And that meant the world to me because um, I didn't expect that. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't really know how people were perceiving me at Duke. I didn't really know um, where, where I was situated. Like if folks thought that I was this super like rigid, strict person, or if they thought that I was too chill, I didn't know where I fell on the spectrum. Um, but I'm just, I'm always happy to, to be a listening ear and to lend a hand and to offer advice off, often mediocre advice <laughs> for students um, who need it. And beyond that, I've started to see more of my colleagues, like staff members reaching out to me for advice and to help out with their programs. Um, I just, I walk that intersectionality life. Like I am a black woman. So I have a lot to say about feminism. I have a lot to say about anti-black racism. I have obviously a lot to say about homophobia, transphobia. Um, and so I, 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 I swing around those divisions. And obviously there's the other um, things like really trying to understand more about international communities. I've been up in my, my news intake and trying to stay up in, in current and what's happening for LGBTQ communities internationally. Um, understanding more other identities, like understanding what's happening in the East. I'm just, I'm really, really doing my best to, to be educated. Um, but then also to, to add a, a fun, informal, casual feel to, to those things, uh, which I, I firmly believe comes out in the newsletter. Plug for the CSUD newsletter. Mic drop. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Plug. You can, you can plug anything <laughs> that you feel like you need to plug. This is the space. And like this, maybe this is funny to say, but I think that's part of the reason that we wanted to specifically have you on here is that like we want students to know um this sounds funny but like you're someone who we want students to know who you are and that you are this um yeah exactly like this amazing warm chill but not too chill like deeply knowledgeable resource and even that like our centers on campus that are partners to like even our student involvement team are spaces that students that are open to students coming in and saying, Hey, I don't, I don't even know what this conversation is about yet, but I need some help figuring it out. Um, I think that's something that 
like I aspire to be more of that type of person that's able to say like, all right, come in and we'll, we'll be in conversation. We'll figure it out. But um, one thing that I love that you just talked about was, um, well, I just would be excited to hear even just a tiny comment or more about the idea of both like your formation with the thought of radical love and then also radical self-love is just a follow-up. Like I would love to know where that comes from for you and what that means just in the way that you even choose to interact with folks um, or to like learn about and fight for systemic change. Like what does radical love and radical self-love mean to you? Yeah. Thank you. Um, So in order for me to answer that, I have to disclose a little bit more about myself, which I'm totally comfortable with. Um, So I am a Christian. I was actually born Southern Baptist, which we're not even, we're not even going to talk about that. (laughs) But um, I think the, excuse me. I think the interesting thing about the church is there is this movement for um, like loving on others, obviously like through, through the word we, we hear and we mold ideas and, and perspectives about loving others. But then there is also this sort of like exclusiveness to it, at least in my experience. So where I've situated myself and I, I, go to church every Sunday, the church that I currently attend in Durham, I'm a leader there. So, so I get to offer ideas and also I take in a lot of information as well. But where I situate myself with my faith is that I'm someone who is going to love people regardless. Sorry. I'll repeat that. I'm someone who is going to love people regardless. Um, And that, that regardless isn't, isn't to say like there's anything wrong with folks it's to say that people are people. Um, and so for, for me, I was bullied when I was very young, told very disgusting and disturbing things about myself, which resulted in a lot of self-hatred. Um, and so as I have grown in, into an adult and as I ventured adulthood, I have had to restructure and redefine myself in my own eyes. Um, And so through that, um, through seeing myself through a new lens, I see others through a new lens. And so as much as I can, I try to tell people that, um, for one, how you see yourself is highly critical. Like you're, you're probably your own worst critic. When you look in the mirror and you see that big old zit on your forehead, no one else sees that. Like (laughs) no one else sees it. No one else cares. So we're always like beating ourselves down. Um, when in reality, we need to look in the mirror and say like, damn, I'm bad. Like I look good. My hair looks good. My outfit could use a little help, but that's okay. Cause I can change. Um, and that, that is the, the embodiment of radical love is when, when you hear those, those thoughts or those things that people have told you to, um, alienate, isolate, and just belittle you, you have to like fight back against that with something on the opposite end of the spectrum. So if someone says um, something about your clothes, you have to say, well, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I have, you know, this, this very small amount of clothes, but you know what that means? That means that I'm able to find outfits really quickly. I can put them together and I can go outside real quick while you have to look through your closet for 15 minutes to find clothes. So terrible example. That's awful. Sorry about that. But, but that, that is the idea of, of radical love. Um, but it does begin with radical self-love. I think that's the point that I want to make. You have to truly, truly, truly love yourself in order to express that same love outwardly. If y'all could like see me, (laughs) I, I, I don't know if there's like a, like an emoji that could describe me, but it'd be like the hard eyes, but with like tears roll, low-key rolling off my face. Um, just, wow. <laughs> um, that was just, uh, that's hard to, to put into words how I'm feeling right now. Um, 
I feel, so I, I openly identify, you know, as a, a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I came out publicly just like three weeks ago, um, but had been out, you know, to my family for the most part for, for years. Um, and, and I don't see, feel seen right now. I don't know what else I feel. Like, I feel so seen by you. And I feel so validated. Um, and, and, you know, I was also um, raised in the South and, you know, Southern Baptist household. And, you know, my mom and my, that side of the family is not very religious. And I'm not very religious, but I've always struggled with that, that feeling of, like, religion within you know, the LGBTQ plus community and vice versa. And just hearing you talk about radiating love and energy and light is exactly what I'm trying to do in the world right now. I've gone through so much crap over the past month and a half. Um, I went through a pretty, pretty rough breakup. I've gone through a career change. I've gone through a lot of stuff that just like, that's what I'm trying to do now in life is just spread positivity and energy. And the way that you're doing that right now is something I want to emulate. And I aspire to be more like you and like, like this is just, I did not expect it to take this quick of a turn and shift, but I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm almost speechless at this point. So sorry. No, don't apologize. And I, I gotta, first and foremost, I gotta say thank you for, for coming out to me. Thank you for coming out on this podcast. Um, I know that that's not easy, but I want you to know that, you are such an inspiration, even saying that. Um, because all that I ever want in life is for folks to be able to live in their truth. And for whatever amount of time that I am in someone's life, I just want them during that time to know that I do see them and that I hear them and that I'm with them. So no matter what happens from here on out, Keith, if I disappear from through tomorrow, <laughs> I want you to know that like, you are whole and you're valid and, and you're beautifully made and like live in that because that is you and no one can steal that from you. Like, I think that's the awesome thing is whoever you are, your identities, no one can take that. Like that, that's you. So thank you. You're thanking me. I'm thanking you for, for like expressing that and being yourself. I want to force myself to cry right now so I can just get these emotions out, but I'm not going to, but I will. <laughs> Sarah, do you have any follow-ups or should we just continue along the line? <laughs> like we should keep going, but this means the world to me. There's just this conversation. I'm thinking like I have a lot of thoughts around the church and religion and shame specifically and bravery and what it means to walk through your life choosing to um like reframe things that have been narrated for you as shameful as sources of resiliency and as like beautiful parts of your identities in your story and that's like just the most good thing I can think of so all that to say, um, yeah, it's like sweet to be in this. I don't know, Keith, you were going to, I think you had, you were going to push us forward with another question. I don't know. Yes. that's. I, I feel like we, we could just sit here too. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, Hunter, thank you so incredibly. So, so, so much for being here. And this is, um, yeah, so validating right now, but I, you know, I would love to hear, and I know you talked a little bit about this, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your experience of, of interruption in life. Um, is there is there anything that you have discovered to be really meaningful or beautiful about these changes, whatever they might be for, for you and your own um, walk in life? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, when, when I saw that question, a, a, lo a lot came to mind because I think that if you were talking to me at the beginning 
of this stay at home order or even like quite frankly a month ago I'd have a very pessimistic like answer to that question but now being where I am I see that in interruptions and in pauses that's where a lot of the growth happens um so what I what I used to think is that interruptions or even like deterrence like things that take you off of your path I always thought of them as like these terrible instances like feeling out of control feeling like like you're not able to get done what you were aspiring to get done but now where I'm situated is that those are amazing opportunities to to look back and reflect and see how you've grown and when you're put onto that path you're on that path for a reason like you may in in time revert back or not revert because because when when you when you go off path and when you're interrupted there is change and so even if you go back to the path that you were on before you're still a changed person like you're not you're not going to go back and be the same person that you were before you were taken off the path and I think that that's the beautiful thing so in in interruptions um and I'm speaking particularly about my own life in in my personal interruptions at the beginning, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, oh my gosh, woe is me. My life is in shambles. I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to get my degree. I'm not going to have a boyfriend, like none of that. But after I was on the path for a little bit of time and really settled in and let the journey take over, I really started to see um, like why, like the why about it. So to give a little bit of context, um, in undergrad, I was originally pre-med. So right now, I thought that I would be in med school, you know, living my best life, studying 24-7. As you can see, I am not. So when, when that path didn't work out, I was in shambles. Um, so then my next path, I had something set up, and that didn't work out, and I was in shambles. And so being where I am right now, being a student affairs employee, um, I'm looking back on my journey and yes, there were these interruptions. There were these moments where I felt as though my life was put on pause or, or even more so like my life was ruined. And that was not the case. Like it was, it was leading up for me to be where I am today and for me to feel how I feel today and for me to embody the person that I am today and for me to have the story. Um, the beautiful thing about life and its interruptions is it gives you a story to tell and it gives you a way to connect and, and, and support other people. So I think that that is the importance of interruptions. And I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that every interruption is going to be a positive one. Like, again, to self-disclose, when I was um, in undergrad, I lost my dad. He passed away from lung cancer. And that was a huge interruption for me because I was a track athlete. I was in the middle of preparing for my season. Like I had school, I was trying to figure everything out. And it felt like all of the, the walls of my castle that I had built around me to protect me were just shaken and, and fallen. Like I stopped going to church. I stopped hanging out with friends. I stopped doing a lot of things and I felt like I was holding my breath. Um, but the beautiful part of that is, um, I look at where I am now and I see the amount of growth that has happened. I see how my family has banded together more now, knowing that, that we, we really have to rely and depend on each other. I see the independent person that I became because I was so attached to my dad that I would not make a decision without consulting him first. And now I'm able to be, you know, a, 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 like I'm able to, to make my own decisions and be independent. So no matter what folks are going through, the interruption, whether it's a long-term or a short-term, um, know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Know that there is a reason. There's always a reason for us to go through the things, even if it's just for us to be able to connect with someone else and to tell our story. Um, but don't, don't get weighed down by the sudden change, um, especially if you're a, a person that doesn't like change like me. I despise change, but we're, we're getting through it. We're learning. Thank you. Thank you so, so incredibly much for sharing and, and wearing your, your heart and your story 
on your sleeves and on your chest and on your face and everywhere. Um, that's just, I am super, super grateful for that. And then you didn't have to share that. And that was a very, very vulnerable moment, moment for you. Um, but it's so clear for so many people that you have just such a light within you, um, even through the good and the bad that you continue to share with the world. And that's something that I don't think we can, we can thank you enough for. It's a gift. I feel like Hunter, one thing I'm hearing, or I appreciate the distinction between like, I don't want folks to hear from any of us that like all interruption or disruption is like good or that we have to like, like, I I think I'm feeling really sensitive lately to like toxic positivity and the idea of like, we have to go through our lives being like, I'm fine. It's okay. Like this bad thing is happening and I'm going to be able to like immediately turn it into something meaningful. But I love the way that you like recognize that, but also still help this idea that even disruption and change that is so hard and can feel like potentially like without meaning, like just meaningless can still be this like gift that we hold within ourselves to offer to other people as a way of connecting and a way of saying like, you are not alone. And even as we like navigate like ambiguity and like hardship, um, I do think that those like pieces of our story that um, are like still sometimes so painful those are like what we offer to each other as a way of saying like, I don't understand. And also like we're in it together. I, that's, that distinction feels so important to me and I'm grateful to hear that. Yeah. Oh, keep going. I just love that. Um, you know, I think that what I got out of what you were talking about too, Hunter was just like, allowing yourself like the space and the grace that you need to like feel what you feel authentically and then finding the ways to respond when you feel it's time to respond and to like um, to not rush a response or to not rush to just feeling good again, because sometimes feeling bad is okay. Feeling sad is okay. Feeling angry is okay because those things are so real. Um, And instead of trying to rush those feelings aside and, just immediately moving on to the next thing. It's that that's just as harmful because you're just pushing those things further within you. And, and one day it's going to bubble up and you're going to realize that you didn't have the chance to fully address it and, and sit with that feeling and that emotion. Um, so I appreciate that. So I appreciate that. And like to, I guess to take it back to the, the student focus, cause I'm speaking very broad, like to everyone who's listening right now, but to address students, um, when, when I lost my dad, I, I spiraled. And for me, it, it was difficult because I, I played that role of saying, I'm fine. I had professors that were constantly checking up with me and I was like, I'm fine. I went to practice and everyone was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I just kept saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. When in fact, every night I cried and, and every night I broke like the the protection, again, like that, that castle, that fortitude, I, I built up a little bit of it every day so that I could go out into the world and, and be fine. I'm putting up quotes, air quotes, um, when in fact I wasn't. And it wasn't until a really close professor to me, like he sat me down during his office hours and he like, like dug in. He just kept asking me like, I need you to be honest with me. How are you feeling? And when I finally broke, he like walked me to the counseling center. Like he walked with me. So um, for, for any student that is having a hard time. And again, I don't want to say like, it has to be a death in the family for you to get to this point. Like right now, a lot of people, a lot of students are at this point, just with everything happening right now. Um, find someone who you trust, who, who you can talk to. Um, I know for me, the person found me and, and that could be the case, but find someone or, or open up to at least one person, give them a chance. Um, because quite frankly, that professor saved my life. 
because I I was not in good shape. I was not going down a good road. And I think about, you know, those interruptions, like he interrupted um, my my negative thoughts in my in my current position. But it it was something that long term now I'm so, so, so thankful for. So um, no matter what you're going through, know that there there is someone uh, I highly recommend Sarah and Keith. Um, I recommend myself. Like if you, if you need anyone to talk to, we're available, we're vessels, like come share. Um, afterwards, like after people open up to me, I always like try to crack a joke and make them smile before they go and leave because I don't want people to leave feeling like, Oh my gosh, I just shared all this stuff. And now I just feel empty. Like make sure that once, once you mm, put all that out there, fill yourself back up with some, with some love, some grace, some peace. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Yes to all of it. I love the idea, especially that, um, like your interruption can be interrupted or that sometimes for like, for like, I know, um, there have been seasons in my life where I did not have the resources within me to make myself well. And I needed something external from my own experience, my own mind to help me. And like, I don't know if anyone else resonates with that, this idea. I think we can, we can sometimes hold this ideal of like never needing help. This idea of like, I can always, even if I'm down, I can always like, it's like that, like horrible American narrative of just like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. But like, in my experience, that's not real. And I think learning how to both expect help and receive help, but also ask for help and say like, I cannot figure it out myself. And I, I actually just need something like outside of me to help me. I feel like that's something I'm still working on and not good at, but something I like want to strive to be more about and to model for like students I'm working with for my friends. Like that's something that I, I don't know. I wish we were all better at that. Um, Hunter, I wonder, this is maybe, maybe like a slight shift, but I wonder, and even in thinking about like the change that's happened for you since like the early months of self-quarantine to now where you're starting to be able to like do some reflection and see some, I don't know, you talked about like seeing some growth. Mm -hmm. Are there like, I don't know if this would be wellness practices or ways of thinking how do you, how are you finding yourself able to um, stay well and to like begin sort of that reflection process? Are there things that just like help you in your day to day to like move through that process of, I guess, like making meaning out of interruptions? Absolutely. Um, so I, I am team journaling, like having an outlet to express is really, really important. Um, I don't keep up with it. Like it's more so, a, a system that I go to whenever I'm really going through it. Like whenever it's something that I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing with my family or with my team or with my friends, it's something that's really internal and I just need to get it out. I'll, I'll typically turn to journaling. Um, I love to sing. So in the morning I turn on music and I sing to myself, I'm home with family. So they're sick of me, like waking up early and like singing in the shower or singing as I get ready. But it is, oh, it's, it's such an amazing form of, uh, what's the word? It's like euphoric for me. I, I get, I get to this, this like high, um, whenever I'm expressing myself through song. Um, I don't really dance, but I'm, I'm sure dancing would be nice. I, one, one day I actually want to like go take like some dance classes just to, just to try it out. Um, but mostly it's, it's art forms that are, um, I don't even know the word, but I, I've really been vibing and connecting with my really like art artsy side and my expressive side. Um, I every, every so often decide that I want to put on makeup and like, that's been really awesome for me. Obviously we're home. Everyone has seen my bare face, so there's no point, but when I do it, it's really rewarding. Um, other than, than those forms, 
um, nature has been really important. I'm not the outdoorsy person. It like the outdoor bug doesn't hit me very often, but, um, sometimes when I really just want to feel the world around me, I'll go outside. We have this really nice, like woodsy area behind, um, our house. And so I'll go out there and just walk through the woods, um, and like really pause and, the beautiful thing is I, I always go out and it's not on purpose, but I always go out right before a storm. So you hear the trees like blowing because the wind is picking up and I just kind of sit in the grass and I close my eyes and I just listen. And normally I'm playing music too. So I'm singing, I'm listening, the wind is blowing, the leaves are moving and there's just, there's no better, like there's no better atmosphere than that for me. Yes, to all of that. What I don't know what it is about like right before a storm that just feels there is something that makes me feel like no matter what is happening. Maybe it's that I feel really small in that moment. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like just a part of like a lot of like bigger things that are like going on. And it is like okay to be this like small individual in a part of like a larger story. Yeah. There's, there's like something there. I love that you're on team journaling too. <laughs> journaling. <laughs> I, yeah, I just say way about storms. Okay. That's so strange because I've always kind of thought about it. Like I love, I'm actually, it's supposed to storm here the rest of the week starting tomorrow. And I'm already, already like, yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, but I love it. Cause it, it feels very much like regardless of like what, nastiness or like dirtiness or or like filth there is in the world it's all going to be washed away like it's just going to be like that cleansing moment and i also think of it as like this water has traveled around the world just for this moment just to do this exact thing which is like cleanse and to like wash it all away and to like rejuvenate and like to water these plants and these animals and provide life and energy. So it's just like, how, how cool is that? And that's why I don't know. I'm one of those people who loves rainy days and loves storms. So I'm 100% with you. Keith, I feel like you just took us to church a little bit, but like, we're going to wash everything clean. <laughs> um, let's see. I know one of the things that we've been asking, um, like, it's a funny question because I feel like some, sometimes there's not an answer to this, but we've been asking folks about what are you hopeful about? Um, and that can be, I think maybe what I'll say is that like, I don't know that these times that you have to feel hopeful about something. It's like that. I don't feel like we need to ask for that, but if there is anything that is giving you a sense of hope or like something that is helping you stay awake to the possibility of hope, um, I think we'd love to get to hear that. Mm. I have an answer. I'm dissecting it, but I think I'm just going to say it and we'll, we'll see where we go with it. Um, I Keith, Keith just took us to church. So I'm going to, bring us back to church. We're going to turn, turn the car around and go right back to church. Um, I am really hopeful for things being brought to the light. Like when, and it, again, this is part of reflection when 2020 came and everyone was talking about clear vision, clear vision, clear vision. I don't think we thought about the pruning that has to happen for a clear vision to come to pass. And so for me, um, and I, I'm, I'm really into like pop culture. I'm really into media. I'm consistently on Twitter, which is a problem. Someone needs to take my phone, but um, I'm, I'm really paying uber attention to um, celebrities and um, politicians that are really getting exposed right now for a lot of their, let's just call it what it is, racism. Um, and so in order, at least in my opinion, in order for us to move forward as a society and more specifically for, for me as a 25 year old black woman, like for me, well, let me 25 year old 
cishet black woman to, to move forward as, as a person in society, I believe that these systems have to be broken up. And so as 2020 is moving, um, I'm seeing time and time again where truths are being brought to the light. People are being exposed. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of cancel culture. Like we're not out here canceling people, but the truth needs to be out there. So I am just truly, truly, truly hopeful for the continued education, the continued, um, like, I want to say calling out, but I don't mean it in like that negative way, but kind of like letting people know, like, hey, what you said, that wasn't cool. What you said that, that came off as, as a little bigoted, what you just said that came off as, as racist, like, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Um, and for people to start being aware of what they're saying and the impact that that has on others. Um, I know that may be a weird hope, but I feel really, really, really strongly about that. And I've been really, um, hmm. I'm not, I'm not appreciative. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not thankful or happy that lives have had to be lost and that people's livelihoods have had to be completely uprooted because of systems that, they're a part of that they didn't ask to be a part of. Um, I'm being pretty vague here on purpose. Um, I'm not a fan of, of, of this, of what we just talked about, like the disruptions, the negative, disgusting, hateful disruptions that have had to happen in the lives that have had to be lost. But I am hopeful that we will continue to grow as a society because things are being exposed and because people are not getting um, handed a, a hall pass anymore. People are getting called out and I love it. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. I think, um, I, I maybe this, I feel like I mentioned this in like one of our earlier podcasts, but I think one of the only things that I think of as being hopeful is the way I'm thinking like systemically our systems are being revealed in the way that they are like failing us. Um, I was talking about it in terms of this, like we're going back to church again, but the idea of apocalypse, um, like the original like word for what an apocalypse is, is like an uncovering or a revealing. And I feel like, I was thinking of it then primarily in terms of um, the pandemic, but the way that like this apocalyptic change is actually just like revealing and uncovering the structures that of inequity that are resident all the way through what I think was normalized um, or for some folks has been normalized um, before these months. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you about the hopes of, uncovering, revealing things being brought to the light. I think that's really perceptive. Um, the last we've, we've been doing a wrap up question for everyone. And the last question that we have for you, Hunter, um, is if you were to give your younger self, so however much younger you would want to, um, you would want to choose it could be like a year ago or like way in the past um if you could give your younger self a piece of advice what would you say what would you want to tell yourself Mm. so I'm going to go back to like 13 year old me um because as I talked about earlier, the, the bullying and, and a lot of the self-hatred, that's where um, a lot of it began, was like those early teenage years, late childhood, early teenage years. I would go back and first off, just hold up a picture of myself now and say, like, you glowed up. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't stress about all these things. Um, like, I was always super duper self-conscious about my forehead. Um, Cause like, I was always told, Oh, you have like a six head. And like, now I'll be like, look, it's, it's not even like, it's not even a thing. Like, especially with the big hair, like it makes my head look super small. So anyways, back to the question. Um, so I'd hold up the picture and then I'd also tell myself that 
every, everything's going to be okay. Um, see, Keith, now you're getting me all emotional. <laughs> um, I'm super grateful and thankful for folks telling me how much of a delight and how much of a delight that I am and how I positively impact them because I wasn't always that person. Um, and I've dealt with a lot of stuff in life as we all have, you know, none of our lives are easy. That's, that's a part of life is like trial our trials and tribulations. Um, but I think that it would be awesome for the me in the past to have this freedom and to feel able to dream and to grow and to be myself. Um, cause for so long I was trying to be someone else. Um, and again, ad- advice for, for students, for, um, like some of my younger colleagues, people who are starting new, new journeys and new, um, chapters of life. I like to think of life, um, like as a book, um, to, to follow your dreams. Like you're, you're never, you're never too, too young or too old to dream. You, you're always able to shift and shape your life in whatever direction that you want to shift and shape it. And I always felt so stuck in the box growing up, up until I got to probably college and, and really started to think about what I wanted. Cause I was always doing things with the thought of, you know, well, this is what my parents want me to do. Well, this is what my siblings want me to do. Well, this is what my coach wants me to do. And I now live my life saying, this is what Hunter wants to do. And that that's, it's revolutionary for me. Cause I, um, I'm a self-prescribed people pleaser. And so I'm, I'm evolving out of that. I'm still people centered, obviously, like we talked about the, the radical love I'm people centered, but I'm, I'm not hyper people focused. I'm me focused. Um, and so, yeah, I'd also tell myself like, good job. Cause I did, I did, I did a lot of growing back then, even though I didn't recognize it. Um, I was becoming my own little person and figuring myself out a little bit back then. Um, and I give myself a hug because I needed one of those too. Yes, to all of that. I wish, I wish that for 13-year-old, all of us, that we could have someone tell us that like you're gonna be okay and give us a hug and <laughs> say good job. I that is that's the first time that I've asked that question and had someone just speak like a word of affirmation. And that is so important I I love the idea that like advice doesn't always have to be like hey change what you're doing but can also just be like a you know what like you're doing fine Mm -hmm. I feel like we all need that um I don't want to change anything um because if I changed I wouldn't be me today like I'm one of those people I recognize that (laughs) the the stuff I was about to curse the stuff that I've gone through um, it has made me who I am today. Of course, like we all have things that, that we wish could be different, but I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now with this openness and this candidness if I was any different. So, um, yeah, every, everything that happened, everything that we say and do and live is a part of a growing and learning process. And Keith talked about the grace. Grace is so important. Like give yourself grace, give yourself time to develop and shift and mold because we're part of this like really, really messed up world. And we're all trying to situate ourselves in that too. So I'm preaching right now. Sorry. Let me get off. Let me, let me step off the pulpit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, I know our, our listeners can't, can't see us, but I know Sarah and Hunter can. Um, and I've been like kind of staring off into the distance for a while because I've just been processing and and sitting then and sitting in this. Yeah. And I I 
I'm really struggling to put into words how much this conversation has meant to me today. Um, because it's just uh, been extremely validating. And um, I, I think, um, you know, you talked about how, you know, for a while you were always seeking for everybody's approval or validation. And um, that was a big thing for you. And you were wanting people to, yeah. And that is just so damn real right now. And it's something I've had to like find within myself so much lately, uh, especially because, you know, quarantine's been lonely, you know, you're, you're by yourself a lot of time. And, um, and then I've just gone through so many life changes lately to where I've had to explicitly tell myself and tell others, I don't need your validation anymore. I need my validation and I'm here for myself and I am my own person. I am not your person. I am not anybody else but me and that's that's all i have to be and that's enough um yeah i'm yeah i'm sorry i've been kind of quiet in the second half of this one um this has just been probably one of the most moving conversations i've had in the past 10 years and i'm i i i'm joking not like that this is probably, yeah, this has been one of the most impactful and moving conversations I've ever had in my life. This has just been eye-opening and um, fulfilling. That means so much for me to hear. Um, as I've talked, I also thought that um, I want to save this podcast clip whenever it does go live so that when times get tough for me, I can play it back. Because um, again, I, I see myself as right now, I'm, I'm still in the tunnel, but I do see the light. And so I have this very positive, <clears throat> sorry. I have this very positive, um, like glass half full mentality. But again, like I'm human and tomorrow I can wake up and, and have a totally different perspective and it's going to be really great to hear in my own voice, um, to hear me say things that, that can ultimately bring me out. I think that's it too, Keith, is in my, in my people-centered, people-pleasing, like wanting to validate or wanting to get validation from folks in that mentality. Um, we're expecting others to pull us out of the hole. And as I have grown in my independence and in my adulthood, I have learned that I am going to be the only person now who can pull myself out of the hole. Um, and that's empowering. Um, so I, I, my hope and my prayer is that everyone can get to that point where they truly believe that they can rely on themselves a little bit more and not have to seek um, validation or acceptance or to have to even rely on other folks to help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. Um, and like, I hear you and Sarah both saying that, that you want, you want to, to be, you want to get to that point. You want to, in some ways, embody some of those characteristics. And I truly believe that you both already do. The biggest thing is just pulling those things out of yourself. We all have it, you know, we all have that, that, that spark. Um, it's just about finding, finding the light thing, the right thing to, to light the match. Thank you. Just, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of the, the pit in my stomach, thank you. Um, before we wrap this up, because we all have other meetings today and we have other things we have to get to. And unfortunately, we can't continue this conversation forever, at least not on camera. It will continue forever behind the scenes. Um, I wanted to open it up for any final thoughts as, as we kind of continue to navigate this. Sarah, Hunter, anything? This is less of like a final thought than more of just like saying to anyone listening that I think what you've like seen or heard, I feel like it's vulnerable even for um, like us as participants or storytellers or, um, you know, 
anyone who's going to be like sharing our voices um that part of what I feel like all three of us are trying to practice and model is the idea that like um vulnerability and strength are sometimes the same thing um and that like what you're seeing even with like what has been shared today is um like some very real like hope and magic coming from um things that feel I think scary or just kind of like um like squirrely that's the word I'm always thinking of like when you have like a feeling of up in your stomach and you're like I think this is okay to like put out there um but I'm just I think I'm just grateful that like this time together has really felt um like a beautiful offering of like strength and vulnerability and that that means a lot to me um like both as like staff and in my job but also more as just a person I'm just like really thankful for this time yeah for for me um I don't get to tell my story a lot because a lot of my interactions are hearing other people's stories and more so like co-signing and and relating to them with little snippets of of my own journey but um I do keep my story kind of close to my chest because I know that it's not one that everyone can relate to. I mean, I know there are aspects of it that folks can relate to, but um, it's something very personal, very vulnerable. And uh, folks just normally don't ask for my story. They more so want to ask for like, oh, what hair products you use? What makeup products do you wear? Where you buy your clothes? Where you buy your shoes? Like more of the superficial stuff, which that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm all for helping someone find a good bargain. Um, but I, I live for opportunities like this where I get to like open up and, and share a bit of myself with other people because it, it builds, it builds relationships. Um, I know that for, for us three from this conversation, our relationships will probably never be the same for, for good reason. Um, and I'm just, I'm super thankful for this opportunity and anyone who is listening and again, you're looking for someone to talk to. I am absolutely capable and happy to be vulnerable with you in in any capacity that you're interested in. Um, But otherwise, like keep smiling, keep living, um, take everything one day at a time. Don't think too far into the future because our future right now is very unknown and I'm trying to be okay with that. I don't, I'm like, I want to know what's in the future. Um, But I'm super, super thankful for Sarah and Keith for this opportunity. I'm thankful for my CSGD team. I'm thankful for Duke student affairs. I'm thankful for this, for this job, for this um, chapter of life. And I'm excited to, to just see what happens next. Thank y'all. I just, yeah, thank you so much. Before we jump into to final thanks, I did want to say one last thing. I wrote it down when you, when you said it. You said, I live for opportunities like this. And I just wanted to isolate um, a, a small portion of that and just say that you're living and your, your life has value. And you, Hunter, have so much value and you have so much to give to the world and you have so much of a story to share that I hope you continue to share it. Um, and I cannot, cannot thank you enough for, for joining us today and for being a part of this experience, because I think this will probably, I think this podcast alone will probably change the pace for us a little bit in the future as to like what this means, because I think this helps us to reflect back on where we originally started and like why we wanted to do this. And it was, you know, we love the pieces about, you know, student involvement and our team and, you know, reflecting with those people about like what day-to-day practices as student affairs looks like. Um, But just as much, we love reflecting on life and like living and, and not always um, letting our life be defined by our work, but letting our life be defined by the ways we want to define it. Um, yeah, thank you so much. So 
Okay. <laughs> um, let me stop being emotional. Actually, let me be emotional because I can be if I want to be, but I'm going to stop being for a second so we can get through these last few things. Um, so just a few special thanks, obviously, to Hunter. Thank you so much for, for joining us on this adventure today and just being your most authentic self here. Um, thank you to the Center for Sexual and Gender Diversity for hiring you and for bringing you onto the team and, and for being here and always going to plug them because that is just a fantastic area on Duke's campus. It just the greatest group of people I think you could possibly work with, especially if you're exploring life and you're exploring who you are as a person and your identities and where those things intersect. Um, thanks to the entire Duke community again for providing us this amazing platform to share light and messages of hope, um, especially as we continue to, to learn more about each other and learn more about what places we intersect and how we can help each other be our best selves every day. And if it's not our best selves, at least we're our, ourselves. And we appreciate that. Um, and lastly, thank you to you, our listeners, wherever and however this episode finds you today. Um, we hope that it finds you in a great place. But if not, that's okay too. Sit in that. And now it's time to figure out what your next day is going to look like. Um, so thank you again for, for being here. Thank you for providing us this platform and continuing on this journey with us. And we'll see you again soon.